0: And you are listening to WMNF Tampa, WMNF 88.5 FM. Welcome to the afternoon. This show is called Art in Your Ear. My name is Joelle Schilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest. We have a great show. Hang in there.
1: Pirates and Angels Variety is back with our third season of opera, classical, Broadway, and cabaret. And this time, belly dancing and poetry. Hear youth opera winner Kaya Owens and cabaret legend Paula Broadwater with your host, Chris Romeo. Enjoy the classical chamber trio, Sunshine City Trio, and the vocal quartet, Classica. Pirates and Angels Variety is at Opera Central in St. Pete. And this time, we're including a song called Swimsuit Inspections from Sunshine City the Musical. Original music and theater written and performed by local artists October 28th and 29th. More at piratesandangels.com.
0: There's so much fun stuff going on in the area, and that is a wonderful choice. Hey, uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to speak, be speaking with Tracy Medula and Gabrielle Ramos. There is a show up at Tempest Volta. It's a new project space in Ebor City and a very exciting project space in Ebor City. So we're going to have that conversation. Uh, in a few minutes, and then I've got a little bit of Halloween music for you. Talk about Halloween music. How about uh, how scary it is if you guys don't vote? Please go out and vote. Vote, vote, vote. I cannot. Every single uh, election in the last few years has seemed really important. This one also seems really important. So here's my scary Halloween song about voting. Well, you'll get it. You'll understand. My body. We're really talking
2: about my body. My body, what to do with my body? (laughs) One time, rewind, must have not heard. Your business, not mine. This is my body. Who are you? Hop off my back. joy
0: I'm strong for a little bit later (laughs) because I'm so happy to have in the studio with me our friend Tracy Medulla from Tempest Projects. Hi. Oops. Do I have you on the wrong mic? What mic are you on? Try that one. There we go. Um, Hello. Thank you. So much going on with Tempest. And then if I've done it correctly on the telephone, I have Gabriel Ramos. Ramos? Yeah. Ah, hello. Thank you for calling in.
1: Hi, thank you for having
0: me. I am so excited. I uh, I got to. I missed getting to meet you, and I'm so sorry, Gabriel. Um, but saw the new uh, or some of the new Tempest Project space in Ybor City. Gabriel, you have a show up, and the Tempest Volta space uh, there. Uh, so, what, Trace? I'm going to ask you to start. Sure. What made the connection? With Gabriel, how did you uh, know about his work and how did he get this show at Tempest? Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty
3: pretty straightforward, pretty simple. No, no special story. I've been watching Gabriel's work for a very long time now and I've always found him to be a really special and important artist. Just, I mean, aside from the ideas and the conceptual um, approach to his work. It is just some of the most beautiful work that I've seen in in a long time. And watching the progression of his work over the years, um, he's been on my list. Mm. And so when we opened Volto, we decided it would be a space for um, either emerging artists or special projects or small solo shows. Mm -hmm. And so Gabriel fits into small solo shows. And I'm just delighted to finally be able to show his work.
0: Oh, fabulous. Well, dear listeners, if you want to play along, there are uh, a few photos of Gabriel's work on the Facebook Art in Your Ear Facebook page. And along with that, I also put a photo of the work that Brought you, Gabriel, to my attention, which was that n- amazing show stopping work at the MFA during the uh, Skyway show. Uh, will you, one of the things that I noticed by looking at your website and seeing this work at Tempest Volta is that you have, you use sculpture, you use photography, you make videos, you do two dimensional work, you do all this different type of work, but there's kind of a through line of it with um, both shapes and layers, but also sort of this. I cannot say this word. Ephemeral is that the right way Ephemera? to say it? Ephemera type of ephemeral type of feeling to it. Will you talk a little bit about what gets you started on a piece? What what prompts a piece? What prompts yeah, whatever type of thing you're working on?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I think the medium has to fit the idea and the concept. You know, um, you know, conceptually as well as aesthetic. And I think uh, that's the way I usually. Uh, you know, grasp my ideas uh, and, and, and develop them. Because sometimes, like, things don't really, might work, like some, you know, some pieces might not work in in painting or in video, but they might work in, you know, uh, a different kind of sculptural manner. So um, I think I've gone through, you know, my practice that way, where it has to kind of fit in. And, um, and you know, does it make sense with the point that I'm trying to, so, you know, across to the viewer, and I think that's really important. Um, but um, I've always been, you know, gravitating to a different kind of medium. Uh, I, I think that's just the way that I've developed my art practice. And um, uh, I like to just experiment and explore, and if it fits my idea and if it fits the, the, the project conceptually as well aesthetically, I, I go for it.
0: That's awesome. Do you ever, uh, does it start in one thing? You're like, oh, this is going to make the most beautiful drawing. And then you're getting through there. You're like, crap, this isn't a drawing. Yeah. This is a movie.
1: Yeah, I think the, uh, the crazy thing is that as artists, uh, we tend to fail in our heads so many times before it goes to the physical world, like before we make an idea happen. And I think that's the that's the biggest like, uh you know, issue, I think, with artists that we tend to fail because we're trying to, you know, you, you get an idea of, like, this body of words that I want to create and to put it down on, um, we have to kind of troubleshoot everything. And that's a lot of the, the things that a lot of people don't talk about. It's, like, the failures that go behind making a piece before it gets to the wall or before it goes to a screen. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, for me, it's, like, I have to kind of, like, troubleshoot it all the way And then I feel like sometimes that will inform another body of work or things like uh, this body of work that is at Tempest Volta was informed by the piece that I made for Skyway at the MFA in St. Petersburg. So, uh, you know, little things like that happen, which are kind of, you know, beautiful accidents that kind of inform other bodies of
0: work. So. There's a there's a, a somewhat obnoxious phrase, but it's such a true phrase. I, I resent it and love it at the same time. About failing forward, where you you fail, but it's a good fail. It's a it's a it's momentum. It's a momentous momenting. I don't know how to say that word either. I'm failing <laughs> on all of my words today. But but you you fail, but that failure leads you right down to where you need to go. And so it's interesting that you sort of talk about that because there is this sense in your work, there's layers upon layers upon layers upon layers. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I was looking, I, I took pictures of everything in the show yesterday and this morning, I was looking at them again. And I was like, wait, but no, there's not layers there. Or maybe there are layers there. Like, I don't know. So uh, for the Halloween spirit, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the ghosts that populate your work. There's these these ghosts that sort of drift through it, whether it's those monumental pieces like the one at Skyway Show or these more intimate pieces like the ones at Volta. So let's talk a little bit about your layers and your memories and your your ghosts.
1: Yeah. uh, I think like a a lot of my work uh, I've been kind of gravitating towards making these like layer pieces where the viewer kind of gets lost. And I want the viewer to spend time with the work. So a lot of my work is not like uh easily like readable fat like fast like you you have to spend time with the work, and I think that's the the first you know comment that I'll get is like I see different things every time I see the work, and I think that's that's quite important to the way I produce um my thesis is I have to kind of you know imagine okay put myself in the, the shoes of the viewer okay what what's gonna draw them in and also um how this makes sense with my, the teams that I work with, you know, on, on kind of bringing a lot of uh, memory and um, a lot of memories from my home in Puerto Rico and things that I, I really want to bring forward into, this, um, into the work. So um, that's why I was like, issues with identity and things like that. So I think that's where this new body of work is going, where, you know, the figure is kind of appearing now in the work uh, in a profile way. Uh, I think eventually we'll probably resolve, you know, more. Um, but um, a lot of that kind of gets uh, layer, And I think, you know, as our, we can say, kind of comes to the ship, our lives are really complex and layered. And I think that's what makes everybody kind of mm-hmm. unique in that kind of way. And mm-hmm. I think when our, you know, Express up into the work and and kind of bring my my perspective of my you know my experience into the work, uh, well, for you to kind of discover it. You know.
0: Well, I want to go back to what something you just said that matches with discovering. Do you see stuff in the work afterwards that you had not uh, sort of overtly placed yeah. there?
1: I think like um, um, there is a things that happen. Um, I, I like the working away. Uh, there are pieces that are. There's a level of planning that happens, especially like the piece at the MFA. There was a lot of planning because it was a large installation piece. But there are, I love making work that uh, kind of happens in the moment. And a lot of it, sometimes I see it in my head and I kind of put it down. And it's also kind of you reactionary know, process where I'm like putting down things and kind of taking away. Um, and, and I think that's, the, that's probably the, the thing that I enjoy the most out of my practice is kind of making work that way. Um, where I don't have a full vision of what's going to be, and then it just happens. And some things like, things like that kind of inform other parts of the painting or the sculpture, and um, it's the most exciting way for me. I think uh, for me making artwork, it has to be exciting. It has to be, um, you know, for me, innovative, and, and also kind of, uh, you know, exploratory for myself as well.
0: That, that's... So, a- so, listeners, I want to remind you that we're speaking. That's uh, Gabriel Ramos, an artist uh, uh, who, uh, pinellas based artist, who has a show that's op- that opened up at Tempest Volta in Ebor. Also here is Tracy Madula, the queen of Tempest Projects, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and just something, Gabriel, that you said some- reminded me something. That years ago, I was asking Tracy about, um, some of her work. Uh And I know. And, but just sort of the idea that looking at your work and then, um, after, like, not necessarily knowing where you're going with the work, but just going along with it. Uh, you know, and just sort of like, okay, we're gonna, here we go and stuff like that. That to me is, um, one of those, uh, the, I'm, I'm not a visual artist, and literally the only true piece of art I ever made has a title. I was scared but excited, and I made it 40 years ago. <laughs> you know, and, but that's what it sounds like that the artist, the artistic practice, is kind of like you know, ooh, I don't know where I'm going, but let's go see where it is. Uh, does that work? Is that a, a a correct for both of you? Is that a correct analysis?
3: I think so. I think you made. The one perfect piece of artwork with that title, Show <laughs> no, Ellen.
0: It's all the title. Where is it? <laughs> I'm gonna see it. It's in my background.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you just said. I was, I was a little nervous about what I know what I was going to say. Remember, yes, I hope I remember it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, in any creative process, you know, there, there are different, different types of creators, different types of makers. And the most liberating, I think, and some of the happiest artists. Oh, that's a funny concept, right? A happy artist. <laughs> um, but I think the most fulfilled and the most um, at peace with their work are people that will let the work happen and unfold, and I think exploratory work is really exciting.
0: Mm. Is that, uh, for both of you, is there a a practice, like an, again, I am not an artist, so, and I know, I do know over these years that everybody has a way of doing that, but is there sort of a a practice, a regular practice of, of pushing yourselves away or through or by something to then get to these pieces, or is there a different... Um Gabriel, I'll start with you do you what's your discipline for creating art? Do you know where you're going? Do you start this way or are there last minute like no, I can't deal with this how do you how do you do that
1: um I think for me i i mean sometimes i'll i'll with some kind of cliche again like I'll have these like moments in my head where I speak, I kind of see the work like I kind of envision the work already before it's made and then kind of made it like uh, you know I kind of make it that way, and then it's like uh, and, and it will change I mean there's nothing like you know I think it's more about like for me it's like kind of thinking about a composition that I you know like comes into my head and just want to put it down into either the paper or the canvas and um and uh but it doesn't always happen that way. There are pieces that happen more by accident or there are failures that happen where I have to start over, and that's completely normal. I think that's important to acknowledge not everything like you know gets pushed forward um but um but i think most of the time i i i think after grad school i was like okay what kind of work do i want to make work that i really plan it or work that i i can be a little bit more free and kind of explore and i think that's where my practice has been gravitating towards to where i'm a little bit more um free about making and not really planning it completely i mean there's a lot of things that are not, you know, acknowledged, where like material testing and like the medium and all those things that you don't see before it happens. But I think that which I call a troubleshooting where how is this going to be made? Mm-hmm. The thing after that's resolved, then the making happens. And that's where I get to be a little bit more free. Um, but yeah, that's I think it, it all depends on like the project, too. There are certain projects that have to be planned. Um, Right, like the MFA piece. Like the MFA thing, like Mm -hmm. dimensions and things like that and how it's going to come out of the wall and all these things uh, are really important. And I think curators also, you know, like to have that information ahead of time or have the work already, you know, ahead of time. So, um, it's a little bit of a, you know, risky situation sometimes with, uh, you know, curatorial projects where they want to be discovered already made and there are some curators that take the chance and and belief in the idea, and you know, get you to explore and make works that they haven't seen before.
0: And yay for those curators; they're my favorite. Well, um, I had, I went and spoke to uh, two classes of high school students um, over the last two weeks about art. And one of the things that I'm so glad to hear you both talk about, and I know that at least one of the classes is listening right now, is uh, that there was so much kind of hesitation amongst these students about messing up and mm. failing and not doing it right and um, that that uh, change was really scary for them. Uh, you just talked about sometimes you can envision it and then manifest what you envision, but a lot of times even that has sort of a, an evolution within it. So I'm so relieved to hear you talk. <laughs> I'm so relieved that they're hearing both of you talk about that one, not everything is going to be pristine. Mm-hmm. And that there's experimentation. Uh, So listeners, we're speaking with Gabrielle Ramos and Tracy Medulla about the show Nestled in Shadows at Tempest Volta. Uh, When you're you're working, uh, do you, uh, Gabrielle, do you work in bodies of work? Do you know that, okay, you know, like the show Nestled in Shadows, there's obviously a conversation relationship between all the work in there. Like they're impacting each other. Uh, is that a normal way of you working that you sort of go through? This is what I'm working on right now, and then it's done, and something else? Or sometimes, yeah. it, how do you talk a little bit about that, please?
1: I think it has happened that way. I think uh, uh, there is a thread that goes through the work, like, you know, where you can see where, you know, everything kind of informs each other l- later on, uh, specifically for like shapes and compositions that I usually use or motifs that I bring, you know, from. Uh, my background as uh, uh, a Puerto Rican and Caribbean individual, um, I bring those things forward every time in the work. Um, I've worked in, in you know, a of work uh, throughout the, my art practice, but I think everything kind of connects. Uh, sometimes I feel like it doesn't connect, to, you know, visually when I look at it, but many times when I talk to people, they're like, no, I can see the thread going through the work. Um, uh, because I, you know, I, I've explored different mediums. Um, but um, I think it all depends. There are few people that, you know, artists that do project-based pieces that are extremely, like, about a topic or, uh, you know, research-based. And, and that's completely also uh, okay to do. Uh, for me, it has been all about, um, you know, different kind of mediums kind of dissect, you know, the bodies of work that way. But I think there's a continuous threat in the work about my experience and and uh, my background.
0: And with this work, nestled in shadows, it's it's grays and uh, not quite whites, not quite blacks. Mm-hmm. Lots of gray tones and stuff like that. Was that something that uh, that you've made entire bodies of work with the? Sort of like a, I don't want to call it a limited palette because I think that you explore a lot of it, but where you're sort of uh, creating a, a, almost a, a border for yourselves, you know, parameters for you to work within. Is this a usual palette? Because, I mean, of course, my introduction to you was this red, uh, the reddest red that you could have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 for, the, for this body of work, I think a lot of my, my practice has focused around drawing either linear or um, just a traditional, you know, kind of drawing. And I think uh, um, that kind of comes across in the work. This work kind of feels drawing-like, the way that it feels a little grainy, it feels like charcoal, or it can feel like graphite. And I think, um, you know, a lot of the talent kind of spoke of of how feeling throughout, you know, this whole ordeal, throughout these, you know, couple years of pandemic and all those things, and... I feel like that has in, that has informed the work. I, I do like coloring. I like a, you know making stuff in color, but I, sometimes I I go a little bit more monochromatic, like the piece at uh, the MFA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely want to challenge myself. I've made a couple pieces, um, recently and in in in, in vibrant colors, uh, but I have to kind of explore it more before I get there. I think there's a beauty and there's a Level of drama, drama into the work that the black and white kind of portrays a lot, and I think it's uh, kind of it's it the the inner photographer in me that kind of jumps in into that kind of this, this body of work that is Tempest Tempestolta. Uh, uh, I was it, waiting it, it for that, <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> so, Bring it on, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was I was waiting for the reference back to his photography, which I think is also just. Uh, intoxicating. Right. Is that right. a good word for it? It Which is a good word for intoxicating photography at times.
0: So this is a great thing because one of our wonderful listeners, Mark, who I just, he's just one of my faves. He wrote... Uh, this is amazing art, stunning to look at, and mucho mucho planning ahead to make it work. Wow! So, uh, so we have we have a fan for it definitely, uh, and the photography definitely goes in it. One of the things I thought was so interesting, and, and dear listeners, uh, you can go. The website is pretty easy to find. It's g b r a m o s dot com, g b ramos com, and you can see on there in the portfolio of all these different types of work. And one of the things that really attracted t- it to me is that one of my one of my um, go-to nostalgia hits are uh, videos that were made kind of in the like experimental art videos. I'm not trying to sound like I'm fancy or prejudiced. This is something that I inherited from my parents. But like these, you know, these art videos from the late 50s and early 60s that like informed like Mr. Magoo cartoons and stuff like that, where the shapes and everything's in there. And, you know, I don't... And so, of course, this was like probably before your parents were even born. Um But there's just such a, a delight to them but there's also uh, they can gather so many different emotional states they can be um, ominous they can be joyful they can be contemplative uh, have you found that different um, do you ever find that different medium also sort of suit the tone that you want to put in the emotional tone that you want to carry through that
1: yeah I think uh, uh, that definitely comes across in the work Uh And I think I do that with uh, a lot of the the way um, some of the pieces are darker, some of the pieces are uh, a little bit more airy and and open. And I think uh, uh, that definitely informs the way I'm thinking about these pieces um, and the composition. So um, I think it's it's definitely that inner photographer kind (laughs) of that comes across. Like, okay, how am I going to do this? And then kind of applying my drawing knowledge into it. Okay, well if I shade it this way, I kind of bring this forward or bring that back. And, and I do a lot of that. Um, and I, I, all that kind of knowledge uh, through the years um, has, you know, has influenced a lot of this work. Um, and, and, you know, it's just the way to kind of st- tell a story, you know, and uh, doing it through lighting. is really important. And, and, and it, it, you know, when you don't have that, all the other tricks or like or. Or things like audio and video movement, and you only have two. This still, how do you make it um, feel, uh, you know, more impactful than what it is? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, it's impactful. So, but do you, can I ask you, because right now I'm looking at uh, looking at some of your pictures I took of your work, and mm-hmm. it looks sometimes that things were removed rather than added. So were things removed, or is it just um, that you're just, you know how to make something look removed <laughs> by adding?
1: Uh, I think it's both. I think there are, there are cases. Of, I think out of the, the these uh, five pieces in the, in the show, um, one of them was redone and where I was like, I need to redo it. It was, like, not working, and I had to redo it, and then it eventually it worked. Um, but there's a lot of, like, uh, there's a lot of thinking, okay, what, how the, the negative space works, and then how can I uh, make a shape, you know, kind of pop more or, or make a, another shape happen? And I think that's what this overlay that happens in the work it kind of creates these different things that were not part of the composition. It's just the way they're kind of coming across or or coming together.
0: Right.
1: And that's the beauty that it creates, you know.
0: Because there are, there's a sense, you know, there's a sense that there might be a conversation that within the the piece, there's a conversation happening and then there's a, you know, a leaving of conversation. So there's almost this uh, narrative element that happens in the pieces that have When you talk about photography and videography, there's a, you know, that you can see, uh, uh, kind of like um, in Cubism, where there's this idea that there's motion, and you're seeing both the past, the present, and the future at the same time. You know, so there's this sense in some of your your work that you're seeing these different moments of time happen all in the same place, and that's a um, that's a hard trick to pull off. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the negative and the positive kind of, you know, space kind of works a lot in these pieces, and that's the, I think that's what I enjoy about this work, is that you see different things, you know, every time you look at it, because things come forward to you and then go back, where you, you know, like, remove move, and, and, and I think that's, I, I don't know, that's, for me, that, that experience is really important for me to portray that to the viewer.
0: Ah, that's wonderful. Well, I want to expand the conversation go out a little bit because I do want to mention this new space that Tempest Volta is located in because it's a big change and there's a. Um, it's so interesting that there is a a bunch of art things going on. The micro cinema is in there, which is thrilling. There's a and, so and we will thrilling. get to that in the future. Hopefully, chat with them a little bit. So there's a a micro cinema in this space. There's the Tempest Volta space. What else is in there, Tracy? So there are five galleries. Um I'm going to I'm going to right? walk
3: down the hallway okay. in my brain so I can do them the right way. Um Quade has relocated into the annex of the Cress. Um, and everybody, I think most of the listeners are at this point familiar with Quade, but they're a wonderful collective that's been around for quite a while now. Um, Jessica Todd has opened Parachute Gallery, which is um, a craft gallery and um then there's Tempest Volta, and then Emiliano Settaassi has opened the Department of Contemporary Art tampa Florida that's <laughs> um his gallery and I am so excited about about both um Jessica and Emiliano's galleries being like this crazy solo venture right like that's crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, I it's, know. It's brave. <laughs> it's good, crazy, right? It's, crazy. it's brave. And um, and importantly, yeah. And then there's drift, which is um, another project that Tempest is housing. Um, it is an independent curator space, and we do have a request for proposals out from independent curators for special special projects um, until uh, Halloween. It was a little bit before that, and then we thought, "Oh, eh, we'll just round it out at Halloween." But um, <laughs> and if you go to Tempest Projects, you can right, find that information. The information's there. That space is really important to me because we we've been nurturing artists in Tampa for 13 years now, and to me, it seems like the natural progression of things to start nurturing um, people that have an interest in like curating exhibitions. So right. we would like to start nurturing curators. We're lucky enough to have that project um, sponsored for one year from the Carey Family Foundation and Dashboard Art. So, we're. Really, really excited that's about exciting.
0: So, no, I just want to mention the Crest building is on 7th Avenue in Ybor City. It's on uh, between 16th and 15th in Ybor? It's almost on the corner of 17th. 17th, okay. So that's why I kept on getting lost when I was looking for it. <laughs> so, and it's a beautiful building and it's exciting because there's growth happening there for uh, Tempest Projects and other arts projects programs and stuff like that so stay tuned on that listeners um so coming up next what's the next thing for uh for tempest that's that's such a loaded question it is
3: the the next the the next sure thing is that we have a holiday exhibition um i i can't even remember the date but it's It's next month. It's it's next month. It's the middle of next month on a Thursday. (laughs) I want to say the 17th, but I don't trust my memory and numbers. But um, it's called um, Beneath the Mistletoe Screaming.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) because all you have on your website is Karst Grounds.
3: (laughs) Right, and then Karst Grounds um, is the the show that has been postponed since um, March or May. And it's just this gaggle... Of the most strong-willed, best-spirited artists I've ever encountered, Aww. because they have just been troopers. With we're gonna have a big space soon for right. a while, so I do think it's right around the corner. I think it's in December. Excellent. So, but I don't have a I don't have a for
0: sure. That's right. Yet. Well, you'll let us know. Um, and then if uh, someone wants to come see uh, Gabriel's show at Tempest Volta. Uh, what is the best way for them to do that? So they could do that two different ways. They could
3: make an appointment. They could get online and go to um, tempest-projects.com and uh, give me a call or text me or email me. Or they could come by on Tuesdays and Thursdays between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And just watch the website because we um, we like to... Do a little closing reception. Oh, that's what it looks
0: like yeah. on the tenth. It looks like maybe there's a reception. We're
3: gonna we're gonna do everything we can. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. And Gabriel, you've got uh, you've got to show up at another gallery, don't you?
1: Yeah, I have another solo exhibition at the Securing Gallery in St. Petersburg. Um, so uh, people can check that out. It's gonna go through the middle of uh, November. So uh, there's still time to check it out, and that's a different body of work.
0: Okay, and then we'll put that up on um, our Art in Your Ear Facebook page and put this stuff up on our Art in Your Ear page after the show so you can see more of Gabriel's work and discover it. Um, is there anything coming up uh, after these shows that you want to mention, Gabriel?
1: Uh, as, as far as I know right now, I, I take a little break. Because
0: I have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, I two shows that- that- at once isn't enough? What? Uh, yeah, I'm
1: taking take a little bit, uh, a small break, and then going again again. Uh, Next year early on started uh, keep you know to keep making and and you know pushing this work forward so um but for now uh this is uh, sort was of a little crazy so um yeah uh, d- really happy about but it has been a little bit of a, you know do you d- shows and stuff
0: do you go back to puerto Rico
1: um yeah I think uh, uh I don't go as often, but i I definitely go back uh and it's it's funny because a lot of that like the different changes that have happened uh, from, you know, uh, the, the, the things that have happened, like the Hurricane Maria changes have definitely informed, you know, my, my, my work. It's no longer uh, my childhood memories, but also like my memories of going back. and So, yeah, things, I I've definitely, you know, go back as, as often as I can. Uh, but, um, yeah, and that definitely informs a lot of my work.
0: That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for coming in. Nestled in Shadows, a solo show by Gabriel Ramos, is at Tempest Volta, which is located at 1624 East 7th Avenue in Ybor City. For more information, you can go to tempest-projects.com or you can also look at Gabriel's website. And believe me, there's so much fun stuff to look there. And that again is gbramos.com. Thank you both so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. We're going to listen to a little more or the rest of uh, Louis Armstrong, St. James Infirmary, and then we'll be back with you in just a little bit here. Art in Your Ear on WMNF.
4: I went down to St. James Infirmary Saw my baby there She was stretched out on a long white table so cold, so sweet, so fair Let her go, let her go. God bless her. Wherever she may be, she can search. It's wide world over but you'll never find a sweet man like me (laughs) ha 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 bragging when I die bury me in straight lace shoes and a box bag suit double breasted Put a $20 gold piece on my watch chain. Yeah, so the boys will know that I died. Stand it back. <laughs>
2: In my therapist's office, there's a sign above my head that reads, you are exactly where you need to be. I cannot see that sign from where I sit. I'm complaining about how my friends have better lives than me. My therapist tells me compare equals despair. She then tells me to think about who I am now. Think about who I am compared to who I was years ago. Compare how much more I have accomplished. I look at her with a flat
4: face that reads, what did we just say about comparing? That was Zach Katz, your October Poet of the Month. Hear the whole poem. Learn more about the artist and how WMNF supports this local art community at WMNF.org.
0: Well, there's a couple things going on around town that I want to let you know about tonight. At the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts, they have an opening reception for "Transformations and Gender Exploration" by Mariette Patty Allen, uh, and then you get to uh, speak with uh, and hear Mariette Pat—I'm sorry, Pathy Allen. Uh, Pat, let me just read what it says. How about that? It's uh, The reception is tonight at the museum from 5 to 7 p.m. Marriott Pathy Allen has been photographing the transgender uh, and gender fluid intersex communities for over 40 years. Her photography and multiple written works on the subject of gender consciousness has brought the topic to the forefront. Uh, So this is a pretty exciting show, I will say. Uh, The Florida Museum of Photographic Arts is located right in downtown Tampa in what has in the Round Building, the Pierre Can Building. Uh, If you want more information, please do go online to fmopa.org or you can give them a call at 813-221-2222. Another interesting event, Wordier Than Thou, always, it's just a really fun organization, and they have Read No More St. Pete Murder House, and that is tonight and tomorrow. tonight, no, last night and what is today, the 20th? Tonight and tomorrow, sorry um, at 6, 7, 8, and 9pm and what happens is you're going to be touring a St. Pete home where each room will feature a short, scary play produced by teams of local writers and actors Uh, and this is their classic haunted house version of it. Uh, If you want more information, again, you can go online to wordierthanthou.com and uh, get that information uh, there Let's see. Oh, my goodness. We're almost out of time. E-Love is next with her Global Electronica show to swoop you through the afternoon. That, of course, is followed by the Live Music Showcase, and I saw them setting up when I came in today. After Live Music Showcase is the Rhythm Revival with Reverend Billy and Marvelous Marvin, and that is a great fun show reaching into the roots of rock and roll. With uh, Gosh, what do they have? They have all sorts of things. They have... Um, uh, gospel and country and rock and jazz and swing and bebop, everything. It's just, it's a delightful show filled with lots of knowledge. And then, uh, after that is classic soul on the soul party, we get into all sorts of fun rhythm, Friday night music, uh, rock, jazz, blues, hip hop, soul, everything on, on the soul kitchen at eight PM. And then at 10 PM, we finish our night and groove into, uh, flashback Friday, which is sort of classic Florida soul and stuff like that. So there you go. Sounds like a lot of fun things to listen here on WMNF. I want to try to see if I can just squeeze in one more promotion for you guys. Hang on. Here we go for December.
4: The ukulele, once a novelty instrument from Hawaii, is now one of the hottest instruments in music. Even Eddie Vedder plays the ukulele. You get out. WMNF's 7th Annual Ukulele Festival at Cage Brewing. There will be over a dozen ukulele performers. You'll hear traditional, reggae, rock, blues, country, Hawaiian, and more. And if you have a ukulele, bring it. Because there's a ukulele open jam, a Jerry Garcia of the Ukulele contest, and free ukulele lessons WMNF's 7th annual ukulele festival Saturday December 3rd at Cage Brewing in St. Pete doors open at 2 kids 12 and under free for tickets and info go to wmnf.org or call 813-238-8001 I just-
0: That sounds really fun. It's always a, such a fun event. So get that on your list. And if you have any type of, uh, ukulele players around in your house, you definitely want them to come to that. I want to mention, uh, also coming up next week is really fun. We're going to be going out with a song from an artist that Flea just introduced me to called Be a, Be a, B- I don't know how to say her name, but it's a really fun song. So we're going to go out with that. But first I want to mention opening up at the uh, Strauss Center next week is a musical Six. And that is, and I'll let you know how I'm going, uh, and I'll let you know how it is. So it's kind of like a Hamilton version of the Six Wives of Henry the Eighth. So that seems like a really fun musical. Keep your eye on Art in Your Ear on Facebook page, and I'll put something up there. So let's listen to. Uh, we're going to go out with some uh, BeTopia cult song, and this is Be uh, Do Be, I believe is how she pronounces her name. Young woman, young British artist, Filipino British artist, and thank you so much for listening to Art in Your Ear. Thank you. So much for being out there. Thank you so much for being part of WMNF Tampa, the best station in the nation. I'm so grateful that you are there every single week, and it's a delight when you uh, let me know that you're out there. Stay tuned, NPR News, and then ultrasounds after that. Bye now.